Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I am so happy to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes, and I have a great NFL show planned for you today. Head on over to PlayUp Sportsbook. That's playup.com. It's always your best bet, and they present this show to you for us. We're really thrilled to be a part of that team over there, and I think they like being a part of ours. PlayUp.com is always your best bet. Alongside, of course, Cash with Flash best bets because we are on a freaking NFL tear. 36-11-1 after a rough 10-15-1 start. It's been rough, but we're crushing again. Overall record of 46-26-1 with six plus money underdogs. I've got a very special price of $99.99 for the rest of the season, including the playoffs. And a Super Bowl. Head on over to Cash with Flash. And Cash with Flash. Michael Noonan's here. What's happening, dude? What a good weekend, huh? Not for me, Phil. Oh, well, you know what? I forgot to send my picks to some people. And I I, I think you're one of them. <laughs> you might have been. Uh, yesterday was just a brutal day. Uh, my, my Vikings lost, which I expected. Right. But the Ravens didn't cover. Nope. So I lost as a fan and as a gambler at the same time. Ouch. That hurts. That hurts. I left that one alone for a reason, man. That scares me. Baltimore scares me. I never get them right. And then I listen to you every week about the Vikings. And I'm thinking to myself, I think I'll just watch this one and talk about it all. On Monday. You know, I watch every Vikings game because that's what a, a good fan does. Yes. And and I'm a good fan. A great I, fan. I do not waver. Good times, bad times, mediocre times. I'm a Viking fan. But I, I, I did not expect them to win. And the reality is uh, they controlled a great portion of that game. And they were leading a great portion of that game, too. Yes. They looked like the better team. Uh, but they could not, at, at one point, control Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson took them on an 18-play drive and just gassed the Minnesota defense, and it was all over. Plus the, the normal coaching blunders from the Minnesota sideline. So that was a difficult game, but of course redemption was coming because the Rams on Sunday night were were going to be fine, weren't they? No. Oh. No, they weren't. Uh, by the end of the day, uh, what was the other one that just nailed me? Dallas. Oh, I got beat by Dallas myself. I get that one. Uh, 
So at the end of the day, uh, your your feelings are hurt, your wallet is empty, and you have a podcast to do the next morning where you talk about which teams are good and hell if I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a weird Sunday, but uh... – yeah, a short podcast on Monday. Right. Uh, That's okay, though, Michael. But you know what? Cash with Flash, best bet subscribers came out of there with a win. Two plus money underdogs yesterday. See, you know, that, that, and that's what we should be talking about is that most of us got our teeth kicked in yesterday, but you didn't. I haven't for a long time either. I haven't had a losing week in the NFL since the second week of the season. Well, what's the difference between me and you? What happened? Game, why, why, game selection. Game selection matters a lot. I'm, I'm going to go through the whole thing today with you. Now, first of all, I, I did write a book. It's called Betting Football 101. It's available at Amazon. And all the principles that I'm about to talk about and a lot more are in this book. But one of the things I like to do is game selection. Like the Baltimore Ravens game, for example. They're not very good against the spread. Actually, they're like 24th now. They're 3-5-0 and against the spread. They're going to lose you. They're going to kill you. They're 37. When they have a winning percentage of 37.5%, fade them. Now, yesterday, or in Minnesota, at that time was 3-4 and four against the spread. So I didn't like either one, either spread bet. I sure wasn't going to play that enormous uh, money line on Baltimore. And I wasn't going to take a chance on a plus money dog with Minnesota after I already had two plus money dogs out there with Arizona and Cleveland. So I, I, I just let that game slide. And I think that's something that a lot of folks don't really take into consideration is sometimes you just got to say no. I, I think that's what some of us need to hear. Well, that's the majority of the, of the folks out there. And I'm not talking just about gamblers. I'm talking about handicappers, too. There are, I chart them also. I have four or five cappers that I chart every week. I look at their picks, I write them down, and I keep track of it. And the reason that I do is because I'm looking for handicappers who aren't very good at what they do. And usually, if they're picking one team... And that might be a good indication that I should try another, look the other way. And then I do my own thing on top of that. And then I usually arrive at certain things. You know, people forget too, you don't, because you know that this show never was a gambling show. This was a sports show with sports writers, beat writers, and, you know, an occasional friend pop up. You came on a couple times, but we were just an information show mainly for fantasy sports. You know, I wanted to produce a show that I wanted to listen to while I was in Greece, and I couldn't find one, so I did one. And along the way, I cultivated lots of relationships with beat writers who know a thing or two about these teams. And when I'm stuck, I ask, and they respond each and every time. I mean, it's it's an amazing thing. Like Cleveland, for example. Now, I heard from one beat writer that the Browns were pissed off at Odell Beckham. All of them were. And then he had said something on his way out, like, you can't win without me. And this is already a decent defense that we're starting to mend again after, you know, they gelled the first couple weeks of the season was horrible for them. Then they started to gel. Then they got hurt. Now they're getting their players back. And I thought for sure that Cincinnati coming off that loss and playing at home, being young, 
all those ingredients put together gave me a shot at not only the money line, which I took, but also the spread, taking the two and a half points. See, there, again, is something that, that you keep saying that I think is really valuable. You Listen to what the beat writers are saying. And if you're going to, if you're looking at a game and you're actually going to put money on it, go read, go find out what they're saying. I had no idea uh, about the, uh, the Cleveland team being that upset about Odell. Nor did anyone else for that matter, because this guy didn't publish it. But they, uh-huh. but that's the thing about beat writers is that they know things that they don't publish because if they did, they wouldn't get the players to talk to them any longer. But that doesn't mean they don't know. And that doesn't mean they haven't cultivated numerous relationships with front office and sports agents and the players themselves. So you, you really want to follow them. And in this instance, I was lucky enough to have so many of them on my show on probably was one of the top shows on iTunes for a long time. And uh, that that helped a lot. But beat writers matter. Because they know what's going on. They don't have an agenda. Their agenda is to pick up a paycheck. And how do they do that? By giving enough information and being credible with that information that the fans come away smarter fans. And and in return, so will sports bettors if they pay attention. If they pay attention. And they don't. They don't read at all, man. That's one of the biggest problems is people don't read. I have customers who I want to send my PDF file of my picks to that don't want that. They just want me to give them the picks. And you know what? That's a recipe for disaster. Because they they, they don't know why. Or, Something yeah. weird. or they do their own research. But they do it selectively. You know, I talked to beat writers from the Bengals and the Browns before that game. The same way I did with Arizona. And it turned out really good because I thought Arizona already was a, had a good enough defense that if they could score, they would win. And, and I don't trust the San Francisco 49ers offense at all. And why should I? Well, they've given us no reason to. But Arizona's defense did, and people overlooked that. They said, oh, no, Kyler Murray and Hopkins are both out. What are we going to do? Well, they have pretty good receivers underneath DeAndre Hopkins who now became number one and two options instead of two and three. And voila. And they have a pretty good running game. Yes, they do. You know, people are talking about this Connor kid. Look, well, why couldn't he stay healthy in Pittsburgh? Because that's the nature of the game. <laughs> He's just running untouched right now. That's all. Give him a break. God bless him. Yeah, and uh, I like... Connor, I like Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is out now for a month at least. Yeah, he's on my fantasy team. I got to dump him and pick up another one. He's on all of my fantasy teams. Oh, I hate that. You know, that's the worst part of it all. But that's part of what I do, Michael. And and I do this all week long. I mean, I spend this MacBook is amazing because it tells you how much screen time you spend every day. Nine hours and 27 minutes every day. And people don't understand the amount of work that goes into it. I was telling you before the show started, uh, I watch a lot of games on Sunday. I watch as many as I can. I I have Sunday ticket 
So I can have a game on the TV, a game on the computer, a game on the phone. And Monday mornings, I feel like I was on a bender all weekend. Oh, uh, I feel like that every weekend. Yeah, just and especially when when your your fit your own team, your favorite team, uh, plays like Minnesota did yesterday. It's uh, <laughs> it takes a lot out of you. But if you want to be good at something, if you want to know about something, you put in the time and the energy to learn. And you do that for us. And I can't keep up with that kind of information. So I go look and see what Phil says. I appreciate that, too. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm not right all the time. But boy, 63% success rate through 10 or 9 weeks is not a bad way to look at things. No, that's in, that's that's really really good. Yeah, we're headed toward where I was last season, and, and that's a good thing too. Consistency matters, and, and that's one thing that we've been very lucky at at Cash with Flash is we're very consistent. You know, we're terrible right now with the NBA, but I look back at my records from the last five years, and I've never started any season, any season, any sport winning after the first two weeks. You know, last year I was down 14 or 15 units in basketball. This year in baseball, I had a 100-unit season. But I lost terribly the first two weeks. And, and sometimes it just takes that. But you have to spend a lot of time reading. And if you don't want to do that, you have to avoid these scam decappers too. There's a lot of them out there. I was on a website today where no one lost, ever. <laughs> and they have hundreds of units as profit. With a five, a one game over five hundred record, you all need to stop that. When you see something like that, the first thing you do is run for the run like the wind. Yeah, because somebody's lying. Yeah, and they never own their losses because they never have any. You know, they only talk about their wins. We we don't do that here. You chastise me more than anyone about promoting my wins because I always promote my losses. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, you're. Which is very admirable that, that you come out and you do that. But, you know, my reason for being on this program is I enjoy spending time with you. I, yes. I enjoy the subject matter. But I also truly believe that the next big wave culturally uh, in sports is sports gambling. Uh, and I like to see people win. Winning is fun. Losing sucks. <laughs> That's what I said on Twitter today. I did that for you because – like I said, I know that you give me a hard time about that, and you're right, because you care about me. First of all, we're friends away from all this crap. We've worked together for years, years and years and years and years and years. And uh, at the end of the day, that's why I did it. I said, oh, Michael will be the first one to like this. Watch. <laughs> and he was. But that Sundays are hard, man. And then, you know, I have basketball, too, and college basketball starts next week. I think one of the best things that I did I was I felt I was struggling in college football. I think we have um nine and a half units to the good. And I just said, forget it. I can't do all this and I'm not doing so well at this, this college football, although I'm probably doing better than a lot of people. I said, Let me just stick to NFL and see what can happen. And and that's another thing. Sometimes these guys they'll just bet on anything without studying, without reading, without even thinking about it. And that's a recipe for disaster. Every single time. And there are always going to be. If someone tells me that they, they had Dallas pegged yesterday. 
that they that, that they had actually had that knew they knew Denver was going to go into Dallas and do that. They are a liar, and I will never believe another word they say. You know what? You're right about that. There was a time though, and I forgot this number, and, and that's killed me. Is Teddy Bridgewater has this innate ability to cover the spread on the road, and he was like 25 and six or something at one point. I, I said this as a guest on a serious show last year. I said, stick with Bridgewater on the road. He hardly ever loses. He might lose, but he always covers. And and I forgot that because sometimes we need to be reminded. The The problem is, Michael, is that the media, a lot of times what happens is sports bettors, they watch these national shows. These guys, Now, I want you to use some logic because I had a national show. There's no way you could do a national show and know everything about every one of these teams. Enough to give out picks on your show. There's just no way. You got it takes time to pick these games. A lot of them, and you've got these guys out there on national radio, giving out and TV, giving out ten, twelve picks a day. How do they have the time to research all that? They don't. Well, they don't, and they don't care either, because they're in the entertainment business, and that's the difference. We're not in the well. We probably are entertaining at times. But we're in the information business. We want to give people as much information as we can in order for them to make a reasonable choice on whatever sporting event they're betting on. And if you don't want to do any of those things, then you need to sign up and pay me because I'm not going to give you the picks for free off my show. You listen to those. I'm not going to give any more NFL picks away for free. I gave two picks, free picks on the Cleveland Browns game yesterday. I'm not doing any more of that. Now it's time to pay. You want to you want to make money? You come to Cash with Flash. You want to lose money? Go watch ESPN and Mike Greenwood. Is that his name? Mike Greenwood? Greenberg. Greenberg, whatever. The same thing. Greeny and, and Stephen A. Smith. You don't want to listen to those guys. They're entertainers. They're not, <laughs> they're not handicappers. They don't know squat. If you put their records up, because I know I used to do this. You put their records up and you'll see they lose. But they, And they never mention that because it goes away. People forget what they picked because they're already on to the next thing the next day. And, and they're on to so many different things. There's no way to keep up. No way to keep up. I'm very lucky because, like I said, I'm not, I have a lot of beat writer friends and I also have people in my life that know things too. And, and that's what we do. Like you'll see with college basketball, I think I'm going to have a great year over at Cash with Flash. And you can get that package. For two hundred and ninety nine ninety nine, that's the full season, including all postseason NCAA tournaments. Two ninety nine ninety nine. That's not a bad price. We went forty seven and twenty one last year, and the reason we did, we didn't do so many games, is because of the COVID. We never knew who was playing, and that has made the fact that you could do that during the COVID year is amazing to me. Yeah, the football was even more. I mean, but yeah. Again, we come back down to it is is when you buy a package, you're basically paying Phil to work full time for you. Pretty much, and that's what it is. Also, you're going to win, and you don't have to do anything except place your bets. All right, and that's enough bragging, Michael. I need to pay more attention after yesterday. Well, I think you know what I screwed up. I, I usually send my friends my picks for two reasons: one, because I love them. And I know they like to play a little bit on the side, and maybe I can point them in the right direction. And also for validation, 
because I'm selling my picks. That means I'm not only people who get to see those picks are the folks who paid. And you guys, my friends, validate those things. And if anybody says, ah, I don't believe you, bang, bang, bang. You see, we have so much accountability people here at the Phil Nation Show A and at Cash with Flash. Our record is our record because I have several eyeballs on those picks every single day. Including mine. Yeah. I pay more attention, though. I will make sure to clue you in or call you up because I enjoy talking to you, too, man. This is my be- one of my best times of the week right here. Now, let's get into the standings. The AFC East, Michael. The right. Buffalo Bills lead this thing 5-3, and three, but the Patriots have won three straight and now are 5-4. and four. The Jets are 2-6, and six and the Dolphins are 2-7. and seven. What do you like about this division? Is Buffalo had a shaky time yesterday. Buffalo didn't look good last week or the week before. They didn't, did they? Now, what do you think that is? Very hard to say. Uh, they don't seem to be able to score, which is not something I expected from them. Um, Josh Allen is not playing well. At this point, because of the talent level that they have, I'm going to say, okay, we got a little midseason glitch going here, which which happens. Um, we're in a, a strange season that none of us really uh, can get our arms around because of the extra game. Right. Um, do I think New England is going to challenge them? Uh, no, no, I don't. Uh, I think Belichick is a, is a wizard. <laughs> right. And that, that goes a long way. Uh, he is so consistent and the things he teaches, he teaches consistently. And so his teams end up doing things to the best of their ability. So if you watch, uh, well, Minnesota, Zimmer is a train wreck. His offensive coordinator is a train wreck. Um, they're, they're always looking to plug some hole, change something. Uh, we just got to look at the film and work harder on what, what, what are you going to work harder on Zim? What, what is it you're going to do? Belichick knows and his teams perform. So do they have a shot at a playoff? Maybe. But are they going to challenge Buffalo at this point? I don't think so. No, I don't either. Now, Buffalo is 4-3-1 and one against the spread. But one of the things that Buffalo has in its favor, the under is three or 5-3-0. and oh. In New England, the under is 5-4-0. These teams have decent defenses. And defenses are a good thing to pay attention to and oftentimes, it appears, overlooked. I mean, like yesterday with Arizona, I said, come on, that defense is too good for that sorry-ass 49ers team with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and I, I, I love what this kid is doing over there. He's uh, oh, the wide receiver, the, the really good, the one is having the great year. Um, oh, why can't I remember this? But anyway, that's all they got. Uh, Christian Kirk or Rondale Moore? Yeah, Christian Kirk for Arizona, but for San Francisco. Oh, and Ayuk. Ayuk did okay yesterday, but the other one is is having a better season. Uh, I can't remember his name, but anyway, that's all they got. And I said to myself, Arizona? Arizona is going to smash this team. They allow, what, 17 points a game? If all they have to do, or I'm sorry, whatever it is they they have, 
they allow. And the story is, that's a good team, but Buffalo and New England have good defenses. The problem with New England is they can't win at home. They're 4-0 on the, on the road, but 1-4 at home. But that point differential, that's another thing you need to pay attention to. Plus 60 for New England, plus 117. They're outscoring their opponents. When they're underdogs, that's when you want to play them. Like two weeks ago, I played New England on Sunday against the Chargers. People say, you're crazy. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> Look at that defense. Have you ever seen Justin Herbert play? I know he's doing really great against the Detroit Lions of the world, but when he plays against a real team, he doesn't do so good. He's young, and they threw the kitchen sink at him. Belichick is a killer. You know, Pay attention to the little things. Pay attention to numbers too much. And, you know, there is something else that you need to speak to. Um, numbers and stats will get you a long way. Sure will. But you also have to kind of know the game. A little bit. It helps. Or have people around you that do. Or have people around you that do. People that do their your research for you. Um, and, you know, and I'm wondering about that. I wonder if, as time goes on, it's going to be more about gambling and less about the uh, at the affection that you have for a particular team. Yes, fandom is going to take a major hit. If you watch Twitter, Michael, that's a great point, too, what you brought up. Look at how people bag on their teams. You'll never hear me say a bad thing about the Lions or the Jets, and I could say lots of bad things, or any of my teams. You know why? Because I try to separate all that. I usually don't involve myself in team, my teams, so to speak, my teams. However, over the years, I, I, my fandom has shrinked a little bit, but my fandom apparel has grown. Yeah, see, it's, it's a different world now. Oh. The only reason I'm, I'm, I'm usually going to gamble with Minnesota is that's the team I know the best. Well, yeah, that, that helps, too. That helps, too. And, and, you know, but sometimes you can scare yourself off a good play because Minnesota was a good – it turned out to be a good play against the spread. But when you look at what they've done throughout the season, I just left it alone because it wasn't worth it. Yeah, I, I, I thought the number was great. I thought everything had lined up perfectly. Uh it didn't work out that way. <laughs> ah, it's okay. But you know what? The AFC North is going to get kind of serious now. The Ravens currently lead the pack. Pittsburgh plays tonight. They're four and three. Cleveland and Cincinnati are both five and four. What's going on in the AFC North? That's a lot tougher to figure out. I did not think Cleveland was going to do what it did yesterday. Right. I was actually kind of surprised that Cincinnati played as poorly as they did. Okay. However, we're right on that. So what I, and so this is another thing that you kind of got to do sometimes after yesterday, I kind of said to myself, I don't know that division as well as I think I do. <laughs> okay. I've watched, uh, Minnesota played Cleveland. Minnesota played Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati impressed me. 
not necessarily because of Burrow or Jamar Chase, but the interior of their defensive line was really good, mm-hmm. which meant that they were going to be better against the run, which in that division is really, really important. Uh, they've got a big nose tackle they got from Miami. can't remember the guy's name. But he's a game changer in a lot of ways. He's kind of one of those anonymous people that uh, make a big difference if you if you pay attention to what they're doing. So I'm taking a step back on that division. And I'm going to defer to the experts because I've kind of proven to myself I don't know what I'm doing right now. Well, and that's okay. A lot of people, a lot of others don't either. But, you know, one of the things, again, is you, when you bring up Cincinnati, they still have the highest point differential in the AFC North. Um, they're also 2-1 and one against their uh, division mates. That's important to remember. They're 3-2 and two in the conference. They outscore their opponents. They have a plus 33-point point differential. They may have lost a couple of ball games. But it's how they lose. They're four, five, and zero oh against the spread this season. That's not good, but that's a team that still has those kind of opportunities and that kind of offense that can actually do it. You put that together with the defense that you just described, and, and there are plenty of times when Cincinnati is going to have a chance, but maybe not every week. And then when I say chance, I'm talking about covering the spread. So, so it's important to pay attention to now Pittsburgh. We're going to talk about that game in a minute. Pittsburgh, I think, is the best team in that division. But they don't have the best offense, so they have to rely more on their defense. And they've only scored 132 points this season, but that is a tough division. Now, the AFC South, Michael. Tennessee leads this. Wow, what a game yesterday, huh? 7-2. and two. Indianapolis is 4-5. and five. Jacksonville is 2-6. and six. And the Houston Texans are rolling right along at a 1-8 and eight record. You didn't take the Houston Texans over the Dolphins, anybody, did you? No, no, I, I, I didn't even touch that game. Can't do that. There, Houston has a minus one hundred and thirty point, point differential. That's terrible. I mean, after nine games, they're getting outscored at least by fifteen points or fourteen points every single contest. And that's a team that will get worse as the year goes on. Their defense is atrocious. I think they've allowed more points than anybody in the league, especially in the in the AFC. They have. Yeah, that's they're garbage. But let's talk about Tennessee. Okay. Nobody respects Tennessee. Nobody, including me. I never. I never. I don't even go near their games. To be honest with you. And nobody thought they were they had a snowball's chance in hell yesterday with Derrick Henry being gone. Nope. Mike Vrabel has that team ready to play every week. And they just they just continue to play hard and win. They do. They're seven two and zero against the spread, by the way. I, that's a team that to me. Uh, you, you better have some respect for beyond the numbers. Now, I, I think they're going to be in some trouble uh, without Derrick Henry. Obviously, they picked up Adrian Peterson, who is like 75 years old. And he scored yesterday. 
Yeah, uh, he did. Um, <laughs> Adrian's not the answer. Um, and he hasn't been the answer for quite, quite some time now. Uh, it, it's like they used to say about Leroy Horde. If you need three yards, he'll get you three yards. And if you need five yards, he'll get you three yards. Uh, that's Adrian now. <laughs> Sorry, I had to laugh. That was funny. Well, it, it's reality. So I'll be curious to see what Vrabel does with this team going forward. But I will have nothing but respect for them. And I will always factor in the fact that their coach seems to be one of the really good ones in the NFL. Yeah, I think you might be right. I mean, this is a team that uh, – and, and their points – their defense isn't great, but it gets stops when it needs it. You know, the over is 5-4-0 and four and oh in Tennessee Titans games, and, and for a good reason because they score a lot of points. One thing they're also good at is coming from behind. Now, I don't know what the fourth quarter's scoring is for this team, but one thing I do know is you see them make comebacks. And if you can get them to make comebacks, you know what? Live betting is your option with Tennessee, maybe. I don't know. I, like I said, I, I've kind of left them alone, and maybe I'm stupid and shouldn't have. Um, Indianapolis is another team that I just, I just don't get. And, you know, this whole elf on itself, they're 6-3-0 against the spread, though. And, and they score points, the over 6-3-0 in their games thus far. But I just don't get Indianapolis. Uh, maybe it's a Carson Wentz thing. I don't know. But I you know, I just kind of stay away from their games, too. The deal with Indy is, is you think the defense is better than it is. And you, you are, the expectation is still there that it's a really good defense. And it's not. And, and Carson Wentz does some just mindlessly stupid things occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the elf on the shelf. Yeah. The, the two interceptions he had two weeks ago, or what was it last week? Just horrible, horrible, stupid rookie interceptions. Right. And so, and that throws everything off. Indy's a pretty good team. They can beat you on any given day, but I wouldn't go anywhere near them either. And Jacksonville, Jacksonville's three five and zero against the spread, and the under comes in is is six two and zero. The under that's not bad. Miami finishing out the group three five and one against the spread, and the under is five and four. So I mean, I think their defenses obviously are better than their offenses, but uh, unless I see Miami in, in, in a spot where it's less than seven points, uh, then I'll play because. You know, they don't do very well. The offense isn't good enough to cover seven points. And uh, so maybe there's where you go with that group. Now, the AFC West, Michael. This is a knot right here. They all have five wins. The Chargers and the Raiders are on top with the five and three records. And the Chiefs and the Broncos are five and four. But the only team in that division with a, well, two teams. The Raiders are a plus seven point differential, which is scary. And the Broncos are a plus 34-point differential, and they currently are last on the charts. But they all have five wins. What do you like about this division? Not much. No, there's not much to like about any of these teams, really. Um, the Chargers are 5-3 and three against the spread. 
Let me see who else we got here. And, but the rest, Denver's five and four against the spread. But you play their unders and you're seven and two. Uh, the other teams, Vegas, four and four against the spread. And uh, who is that other team I had here? Oh, let me see. Oh, Kansas City, Kansas City, Michael. Wow. You know, they're getting bagged on and buried. And, and maybe rightly so. They're two and seven and oh against the spread. The unders five and four. Their offense doesn't look so great. You think the book's out on them? I think, I think the you know there's this, that saying when someone tells you who they are, believe them. Right. Okay. That's you fair. Kansas City's been telling us all week long for all season long who who they are, and we haven't believed them. And what they are is a, a formerly almost great team without enough parts now. Right. And uh, I would, if you watched the Green Bay game yesterday, uh, if Aaron Rodgers had played, I think Green Bay would have stomped him. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, Kansas Mahomes, City doesn't look good at all, man. Now, Mahomes doesn't look like Mahomes, uh, except in brief little flashes. Uh, they're like, that's who should have been after Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, that's a good point. They might go uh, up. Maybe they go after Odell Beckham Jr. If they've, I don't know if they've got the cap space, but that would be a good fit for them. Um, Andy Reid, I think, could handle Odell Beckham. I think he's one of about three people who can. Yeah. Um, I But... Watching them is, I mean, they've got one right wide receiver and they've got um, a couple mediocre running backs and they've got Travis Kelsey uh, and the defense. Good Lord. Uh, and that defense, that defense, the under is, is winning for teams. The under here with, with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs is 5-4-0. That doesn't surprise me. And, and their defense sucks. Let's be frank. That defense, you don't want to bet on that defense. No. And you don't want to bet on that offense. They're 2-7-0 against the spread. Why would anybody want to bet on Kansas City turning it around? That's, that's one of the dumbest excuses for losing money I ever heard. And I saw a bunch of that on Twitter yesterday. Your guy, I did too. And it's like, are you not watching the game? Do you not see what I see here? Yeah, you got to win, be happy. You know what? You got lucky. You got yeah. lucky because this love kid, is, he he's making his first start. There's controversy swirling everywhere, and you can see Devontae Adams putting his head down at some of the positions that love led him into. I mean, he was gonna. I thought he was gonna get one of those kids killed over in Green Bay, but you know what? It is what it is. But. uh Good luck, Kansas City. That's all I'm going to say. And so what if they don't go to the playoffs? And so what if they don't win another Super Bowl? They, that team for two seasons, maybe even three, gave us more entertainment. They were so much fun to watch. But, you know, they have a minus six point differential. They've won two straight, but they're they're eking wins out. Okay, that's the sign of a good team. Maybe they turn it around, but you know what? I'm not sticking my money on them until they do turn it around. No, I'm no. Or against them for that matter. Because Kansas City is is a fine memory. 
yes. that the reality does not match. Yes, go watch YouTube, Kansas City fans, and, and remind yourselves how great it must have been and how great it felt to watch an amazing team play while the rest of us have to watch shit. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry to be so frank, but whatever. Now the NFC, Dallas, the NFC East. This is one of the worst divisions in football. I don't care what anybody says. Of course, the North ain't much better. But Dallas leads at 6-2. and two. Philadelphia is 3-6. and six. The Giants are 3-6. and six. The Washington football team is 2-6. and six. And Dallas has a plus 49 point, point differential, positive. The Eagles are plus 9. But the rest I don't even care to talk about. What do you like about this division? Nothing. Nothing. Dallas is far and away the best team in the division. Um, yesterday, I I didn't watch much of that game at all. You were lucky. Because I kept expecting to see the score change radically. Um, and to me, that's a game Dallas should have won by 10 you know, kind of, kind of won the game and cruised this last half of the fourth quarter. Uh, Dallas has talent, but the best coach on the team is the offensive coordinator, and that always creates issues because the head coach is so questionable. Um, Dallas is going to make the playoffs. I'm not sure what the rest of the schedule is. Uh, they may even get a buy. No, I think or they will probably. Yeah, buy. And so, if everything has to run through Dallas, that will be a very large advantage for them. But the rest of the division just sucks. Yes, right. You can put your money on Dallas. Though. They're still seven and one against the spread. I think yesterday was more of an aberration. That didn't look like the right team out there. You know, that really didn't. And and it is what it is. And they've lost a couple games that they shouldn't have lost. The first game, opening night to Tampa Bay. And then last week, it was tough. But Dallas can still get my money. And the Giants. The Giants are 5-4-0 against the spread. Uh, five, the under is 5-3-1 and one with them. So that's another team. The other, I don't want to put my money on them. You know, that, that's scary to do. I, I don't understand how they do it. But I guess I do because they don't research. They don't pay attention. And they don't believe what their eyes are telling them. These teams are revealing it's eight, nine weeks into the season. These teams yeah, are who they are. Exactly. And you, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. Believe what your eyes see. If I mean, if your eyes are trying to, to watch the game, uh, as you, you should, um, believe what you can see, what you see. And I know what I saw yesterday with a lot of these teams was – they're pretty mediocre, uh, and we're not going to see much competitive football until the playoffs because nope. it's between the teams that are good and the teams that are just not is it, pretty radical. Yeah, Philadelphia might be a team you could look towards because they seem to be improving a bit on offense. They seem. Jalen Hurts looks a little more comfortable. These are young guys. Some of these teams have really young quarterbacks. It's hard to be a quarterback in the National Football League. I've seen a playbook, and, and I know. I, I, 
I know someone who I consider my brother who played in the NFL for 11 years as a quarterback, starting for five. And, and I understand what that's all about. And it's a continual learning process. The ones that want to accept that process generally fare better than the ones who don't. And there's a lot of the don'ts out there. So it is what it is. But I don't think Jalen Hurts is one of them, actually. I think he's going to be okay. I don't know about the rest of the Eagles, but I think he'll be okay. You know, and they still have outscored their opponents by nine points. That's something to keep track of. So that's one point per game, by the way. Average that stuff out, and you'll do far better. The NFC North. I didn't want to talk about Washington, Michael. I always call them the Redskins. Well, see, that's you're going to get in trouble for that. Well, I don't care. I get it. I get in trouble. I give away more free money than than freaking Pulte over on Twitter, and yet I I I don't get it. <laughs> Nobody says anything. But you know, there's nothing to say about Washington. <laughs> yeah, they're awful, and they're just not good. But this NFC North, ugh, Green Bay Green- seven and two. Green Bay, far and away the best team. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about there. Um, we'll see what uh, if there's any um, blowback from Aaron Rodgers' mess this last week. Uh, Minnesota is the second best team in the division. Uh, but that's a team that's going to implode at some point whether it's uh, next week or the week after. Uh, they played in Baltimore. Now they're going cross-country and playing San Diego. Uh, life does not look good for Vikings fans. Detroit is Detroit. And Chicago plays tonight. Uh, but their their whole thing is they're playing for next year and the year after while they're watching Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack age out. It's insanity. It really is. I don't even know what to say about the Bears. I'm hoping to bring Mike North on the show soon so he can tell us. He's been covering the Browns for about 30 years. Or Bears, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. Bears. Yeah, and he will will loudly tell you what he thinks. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been around forever. But, you know, that division is is Green Bay and everybody else. The problem that you're going to have, uh, Green Bay and Minnesota still play two games. Minnesota is capable of beating anybody if they ever put a game together. And uh, I, I expect that they'll at least split with Green Bay just for old time's sake. Uh, but Green Bay's in. Forget the rest of them. Yeah. I think so, too. They're 8-1 and one against the spread, Michael. But the point differential is only plus 19. So playing the Packers in those close point spreads is usually a good thing. Yeah. Playing them as underdogs is even a better thing. Because, you know, I know players miss, but they still have pretty good teams. And the Green Bay Packers are pretty good away. They have a good away record, 4-2. and two. They have an even better record in the conference, five and one, and they're three and zero at home. You got to pay attention to those home and road splits too, and what teams do in their own division, and in the conference. You know, Green Bay, they don't lose conference games, man. That's one thing they they try not to do, obviously, but most teams try not to do, but they succeed more often than not. Minnesota is, is okay in the division; they're one and zero, 
They're three and two against conference people. They have a plus three point point differential. They covered yesterday, so good for them. But I usually stay away from Minnesota because of the guy on the other line. You know, um, I hear every Monday, so I try to stay away from that team. The NFC South: Tampa Bay at six and two leads, New Orleans at five and three, Atlanta four and four, and the Carolina Panthers are four and five. What do you like about the South? Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. They're just coasting right now. Stay away from them. Stay away from the Tampa Bay team as a cover because they don't. They're like damn near dead last at 3-5-0 and against the spread. You want to play them on the money line if you can afford it. <laughs> or you bet against them on a, one of those ignoramus spreads of 9 points and 10 points. Because that team just doesn't cover, and I don't think Bruce Arians or Tom Brady give a crap about A, our fantasy teams, or B, our sports bets. Not in the least. Not in the least. <laughs> and that's, and I think there's been a lot of money lost this year by people playing the spread with Tampa. Oh, I, yeah. I expect them to win. But I rarely expect him to cover. <laughs> it's because the spreads have been just weren't there a fourteen and a half at some point this year against somebody. Yep, and you know the funny thing is the over. See that's but those big spreads, the defense is pretty good for Tampa Bay. I think anyway, they're only allowing what twenty two, twenty three points a game. They score thirty two points a game. That's a ten point nine and a half point differential right there. So if you're seeing lines like plus 10, plus 11, plus 12 against Tampa Bay, you know, that's just a common sense indicator right there that maybe you can find an edge somewhere and cover your bet. Yeah. You think? What people don't seem to understand is that Vegas knows what it's doing. Oh, they sure do. They're great at taking both sides of the money and limiting liabilities. Yep. And, uh, but yeah, that's, the, oh, you know, from a, uh, a fan standpoint, uh, you have to respect what um, Atlanta's done because that's just not a very good team. No, that's not. Matt Ryan gets so much grief every year. And I know he had a heartbreaking loss there in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady and the Patriots. But he's not that bad. And they're better on the road because, of course, the fans don't like them and they boo them at home. So when they go on the road, they feel better about themselves. And they're only a minus 45-point differential, which is kind of a lot. But if they're so bad, how are they 500? And if they're so bad, how are they winning on the road? You know, they're not as bad as you think they are. Carolina, Carolina's had the yips, you know, first of all. Let's be real honest. Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold of the Jets. He only changed jerseys. That surprised me, but this is this gets back to what we were saying before. Believe what your eyes see. Ugh. Sam Darnold sucks. He's not doing a good <laughs> job over there, is he? I mean, you, you want to have a winning record at home, obviously. It's great for season tickets. It's great for fan morale. Plus, you know what? You just want to win at home and go home and feel like a king that you won. You know? And those teams just don't do that, Atlanta and Carolina. I think McCaffrey being out is a lot to do with that. 
But let's face it, the last couple of seasons, he's missed a lot of games. And you know, I don't think you can count on him. However, that being said, the point differential there is only minus 12. So they're, they're hanging, they hang pretty close with teams, but they need a quarterback, A. And they need some receivers, B. They're 4-5-0 and against the spread. But the under in Carolina Panthers games is 7-2-0. and You know, pay attention to that. That offense is not good. And the defense is probably a little better than that only because the offense is so freaking bad. They have the start of a, of a pretty good defense happening there. I think you're right. They've got an owner that is desperate to win. Um, that, that, that team's going off the rails pretty significantly. I would, and, I would trade Christian McCaffrey for a first-round pick. You're not going to get a first-round pick for Christian McCaffrey. Not anymore. You're not. You're right. That's true. Um, you know, you decided to pay $16 million a year on your cap for a running back. Uh, never a good decision. The, the second contract for running backs is death. And, you know, Minnesota's paying Dalvin Cook like 12. Um, and how often is Dalvin Cook hurt? A couple times a year. Big stretches. McCaffrey's been out more than he's played. You cannot build around a running back. It's just that simple. That's a good point. You're right. It's hard. That's a not for long league for a reason, but we'll have to wait and see, Michael. Now, the NFC West. That's been fun watching the Arizona Cardinals go to 8-1. and one. That was my Super Bowl pick from last year. That and the Cleveland Browns, but I didn't think they were going to have a season. I was just having some fun. Um, the Rams are 7-2. They didn't look very good yesterday, but maybe that was more of an aberration than a reality. Seattle's 3-5, and five, and the 49ers are 3-5. and five. Um, Three of the four teams do have plus point differentials. That would be Arizona plus 122. That's the best in the NFL. The Rams plus 65, one of the best. And even Seattle has outscored their opponents by 12 points. But the 49ers, minus 17. Pay attention to those things, people. They're 0-4 at home. I, I, I don't care who don't play. That's a good team. That's a good defense Arizona has. This is the third time I've said that because I feel like it needs to be repeated often. You're devaluing defenses and undervaluing these guys. You know, I don't give a rat's backside. Every one of those kids in that, on that NFL roster can play. It's all about the opportunity they get and making the most upset opportunities. And it's also about having a head coach that puts you in a position to succeed. In Arizona, they put themselves in a position to exceed to succeed. They've allowed 155 points through the first nine games of the season, Michael. That's pretty good defense. So yesterday was a big game, in my mind, for Arizona. Yeah, that was a great game. I loved yeah. every second of that one, man. You have your superstar quarterback is not playing nor is your number one wide receiver. You've got this journeyman starting at quarterback. And they won that game. They, they, it, it really wasn't that close in my mind. Um, and the thing that, that I, I think people need to start looking at is 
San Francisco got outcoached. San Francisco was outprepared by Arizona. We, everybody's watched Arizona and go, yeah, they've got some talent. Um, it's mainly Kyle Murray because Cliff Kingsbury is a joke. Maybe not because <laughs> his teams come out and they play hard. They make adjustments well. The defense is pretty good considering the fact that they've sustained some significant injuries and they still keep playing pretty well. Um, maybe the, the, the joke is on the other side of that game yesterday because Shanahan's teams don't seem ready to go. And <laughs> I was waiting for this. Go ahead. Keep going. Well, San Francisco was, by some people, a dark horse Super Bowl team because uh, they had pieces on defense that led you to believe that, that they were going to be good. Uh, and they had pieces on offense uh, that thought that they could be pretty good. They're not very good on either side of the ball right now. And they haven't been all year long. Uh, I'm, I'm at a point of uh, asking some pointed questions about the preparation. You know, the guy that made the big adjustments yesterday was Cliff Kingsbury. Big adjustments. Uh, and he had a deck, the deck stacked against him. He had the deck stacked against and, and And from the other side, you would think San Francisco would be ready to make some hay. Okay. The, our, the team ahead of us is badly wounded. They, they're missing critical pieces. Let's attack and go after them. <laughs> That's uh, just what they did. When are you going to do that? <laughs> a little late now. So San Francisco, again, what are your eyes telling you? Well, all year long, as I've watched Arizona, it's like, that's a damn good football team. And San Francisco, not so much. Oh, and four and at home. I, I'm real big on – because you just said something that, that's true. When you get to the NFL level, everybody's got talent. Everybody has players that can play at that level. And there comes a point where coaching makes a difference, especially in a league with a salary cap like the NFL, uh, a draft. Everything moves toward parity. So you've got to find what's the difference. What are the difference makers? Well, there's two. Number one is quarterback. Number two is coaching. And the coaching side in San Francisco seems to be an issue. <laughs> two and six and oh against the spread too and, and you know they'll, they'll have I think they're starting to question whether Shanahan knows what he's doing you know, there are guys that are great coordinators that are not good head coaches that's true Mike Zimmer is a great defensive coordinator he is an abysmal head coach and 
it might be time to say that Kyle Shanahan might be a great offensive coordinator and not so hot of a head coach. There you go. You know, yesterday's game, though, the first thing I looked at was how many points San Francisco allows per game. 25. That's a lot for a supposedly great defense. And uh, they only scored 23 points per game, and they were going against one of the best defenses in the game. So I said to myself, I think we got something. And then I waited until the last minute and got plus five and a half and a plus 200 on the money line and crush. But uh, you know what? At the end of the day, San Francisco's a losing bet, especially at home. They're 0 4. On the road, they do a little better. But their division, they're awful. They're 0 3. And, and those are big games. And it kind of points to what Michael's saying is that maybe the head coach is a problem. It could be. Who knows? But Seattle, their biggest problem right now and they have a plus-12 point differential, is they have Geno Smith quarterbacking them. But they're supposed to get Russell Wilson back maybe this week, I think. And if they do, look for the Seahawks to put on some offensive shows because they've outscored their defense, 181 to 169. They have a plus-12 point differential. They won a game with Geno. You can't ask for more than that. So keep an eye on that. Also, Michael, I'm going to run through a couple of little quick things here, and then we'll break down this game. For tonight, the away teams straight up are 70, 65, and 0. Home teams are 65, 70, you know, obviously. The favorites are 78 and 54. Uh, away favorites are 32 and 18. Away dogs are 36 and 46. Home favorites are 46 and 36. And the home dogs are 18 and 32. So be careful with those home dogs, folks. Now, ATS records. This is where things get a little more interesting. Away teams against the spread are 76-58-1 thus far. Home teams are 58-76-1. Favorites are 57-77-1. And dogs, home dogs, or just dogs in general, 77-57-1. And on the road, they're 50-31-1. Away favorites are 26-27-0. And the home dogs are 27 26 and, oh, you're profiting off those. Well, close, anyway. Good stuff. Pay you attention got- to all those numbers. Those numbers matter. Like I said at the beginning of the show, Michael agreed. These teams are who they are. They're, it's like Bill Parcell says. Your record is who you are. Don't give me all that crap. You are what your record says you are. Good. That's exactly the case. Exactly. And if you don't want to pay attention to those numbers, send Phil some money to do that work for you. Yeah, a lot of these guys expect us to do it for free. The reason is there's very few people who actually do this stuff full time and uh, and even less numbers who are successful at it. And people just think it don't even consider it a real job. Like talking with you today, I don't feel like it's a job at all. This is one of the highlights of my week. And uh but this Bears game today, Bears Steelers. The Steelers are a seven point favorite and the and the number is thirty nine point five and that's down from I think it opened at forty and a half. I'm not mis- if or forty one even. What what are we gonna do with this game, Michael? We're gonna watch um the youngster from Chicago run for his life all game. Because <laughs> Tomlin's gonna throw the kitchen sink at him. Tomlin's gonna just gonna throw it all at him. TJ Watt. Uh, it is going to have a monster game. Uh, 
the difference is, is that Justin Fields can run and Roethlisberger can't. So Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks uh, are also going to make hay. It's going to be a low-scoring game. And I, I expect Pittsburgh to win uh, because I don't expect much out of Chicago at all. But I think uh, I think you would tell me this is a game where you look at the under. There's no way you can look anywhere else, I wouldn't think. You know, when you look at these two teams, Chicago, the under is 6-2-0. Six and for Pittsburgh, the under is 6-1-0. These teams just don't score points, but they limit points. You know, okay, they've allowed more points than they scored Minnesota or Pittsburgh has, but that has more to do with the offense not playing very well. They're only scoring 18.9 points per game. And the same can be said for Chicago. They only average 15.4 points per game, and they allow 24.5 points a game. This is going to be a really nice night for football. It might be a little chilly sitting in the stands, but that's that's what you that's the price you pay for paying that crazy price to go watch a football game live. But at the end of the day, whose defense is better? I know y'all think it's Chicago's, but it's not. And what's going to happen is when Chicago comes after Ben Roethlisberger, that's not going to phase him, even in the least bit. But when Pittsburgh sends the kitchen sink at Justin Fields time after time after time, Justin Fields is going to feel like a, a sack of potatoes that everybody wants, but nobody wants to keep. And uh, I feel like this is going to be such a low-scoring game. These offenses just aren't very good. And the offensive lines aren't very good. Look for a lot of sacks tonight. Neither quarterback, or I should say both quarterbacks, are prone to getting dumped on their backside. Look for one or two big plays. Chase Claypool, maybe, if there's a prop bet you like, I think he might do something. Probably not via the air, but maybe on the ground on a reverse or something. And I also look, you know, Chicago, they have a decent running game. But Pittsburgh stops the run pretty good, I think. So 39 and a half points. And the thing I was telling you earlier today, before the show, is since 2015 when they moved uh, the extra point back, under 41 has come in the most of any of those at 3.82%. Now, I don't think that's a lot. That doesn't seem like a lot, but it is, especially when you've got these two teams who crush on defense against two offenses that probably aren't so good, and I don't think you're going to see lightning strike and a, a great awakening happen for either of these offenses. I think Pittsburgh's going to do enough to win this game, but my play is the under in this one, under whatever they give you. Because this, there's no way they're going to score 39 points. No way. No, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, and you know, a Chase Claypool, a Deontay Johnson. There you go, Deontay Johnson too. Yeah. Uh, you, you might want to do something with them. I, I'm not. <laughs> uh, this is a game that I'll have on, and probably decide to take a nap somewhere around the middle of the third quarter. Oh yeah, I would just go to bed early. 
because this is not a. I'm, I'm only watching this game because of the Steelers, because of uh, Mike Tomlin. His agent is one of my closest friends. So, uh, yeah, I, I always pull for Pittsburgh, and that's why I'm not going to give you anything but the under here. You get that for free at Phil Nation's show. Don't forget, 46-21-1 this season. That's good pretty luck. good. That's real good. And that was after a 10-14 and 14 or 10-16 and 16 start. 36-11-1 run since the second week or third week of the NFL season. That's pretty good. And, and I'm proud of what we are accomplishing. Michael, you're a big part of that. We start the week off the right way. Listen to you talk about football. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you for having me. It's always good to talk to you. It's always fun. And uh, and we usually come out on the better end of this. We usually do. And we're going to come out on the better end the rest of the season, too. You know, Michael can be found on Twitter at Phoenix Preacher. And if you're so inclined and you want to meet a real-life heretic, head on <laughs> over to phoenixpreacher.com. Do you believe it? His son bought him some rosary beads, and they unfriended him for it. Go over and find out why at phoenixpreacher.com. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. I want to thank Michael for being here. I want to thank PlayUp for presenting this show. PlayUp is always your best bet. And if they're your best bet, the reason they are is because you've subscribed to Cash with Flash Best Bets. Quite, plenty of packages available. Come on over to cashwithflash.com and hit those links. Put that money into PayPal. And let's go Cash with Flash. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves. Be good. And most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.